0: Hello and welcome back to the Arsenal Therapy Podcast. My name is Farhan, also known as Gunner since '96, and you're watching my, you're watching our post-match reaction podcast where we will be analysing and talking about Arsenal's defeat to Everton um, last night. We are recording the morning after because there was so much that happened last night. Um, you know, I think myself and James are just absolutely shattered from all the drama and everything that was going on. James, how are you feeling this morning?
1: I am. Um, uh still very disappointed with the with the defeat but more so very very happy about what happened yesterday because mm. it was it was just absolutely staggering the amount of people that were there i was mm. I'm, I'm talking about the protests here you were there um yeah. i i saw your I, I managed to catch it a few minutes of your live stream here and there. And then yeah. uh me- media were covering it, Sky were there, talk sport were there, everyone was there. I think the numbers like five thousand, five thousand people were at the protest. And my god, did you make your voices heard last night? Um even from even from the live stream, it was so loud. The you know, the the just general uh you know feeling of it was absolutely amazing and If only I could have been there to to witness that, but unfortunately I wasn't able to, but I certainly, I certainly got a good enough feel on, on TV and all the various live streams that it felt like I was there because it was that, it was that, um, it was that big and that massive. I don't know what you, um, you probably have a better recollection of it than me because you were there, so yeah tell me all about it
0: <laughs> yeah i mean well look lucas put out a comment just now are you going to the protest again on the 6th of may i can confirm that there will be another protest on 6th of may sorry not 6th of may on the 2nd of may um Cronky out protest number two and that will be held at 12 30 p.m that's on a sunday i need to be check i need to check my schedule to see what on earth is going on on that day um let's see i'm going to try my absolute hardest and absolute best um to get there uh in terms of yesterday yesterday was a a massive success and it was it was a massive first step forward for the club and for the fan base because and i said it yesterday i was on um i was on anthony's channel for a little bit when i got there um just to give him a a reaction of what was going on and uh when i was on his channel it was very early on i think i got there an hour before i wanted to get my banner up um frankly i got a space to do that and then uh, it, it, initially when i got there it was you know there were fans there that were lining up just above the armory and um you know there were a few chants here and there it was mellow it was still quite calm reserved um mm. but you could tell that these guys were on edge um mm. it seemed like the atmosphere seemed a little bit tense, but all for the good reasons, for the right reasons. It wasn't a tense in a kind of way where, you know, there was potential violence that could happen, potential fan groups who could clash with each other. It was a unified, tense kind of atmosphere where we were just waiting, 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 waiting to see how many people turn up before we erupt. Um, and it yeah. didn't take very long. It didn't take very long at all. Um I, Like I said, I was on Anthony's channel and um, I was talking to him. And all of a sudden, the flare just went off behind me, um, and, you and know, luckily, for him, yeah, the <laughs> roundabout. That's right, and luckily for him, you know, he was able to see it firsthand. And it was, it was, it was, it was straight after that where the atmosphere sort of changed, and there was a, a bit more of a buzz. Um, yeah, people were a little bit more electric and a bit more upbeat. You know, chants were going off left, right, and centre. We started it at the top above the armory and then people made their way down in front of the armory um, and that's where you know it really came to life um yeah. it was it was it was a brilliant atmosphere it was great for the fans because this was the first time that fans could get together since the lockdown since you know we were we've been refused entry um sorry uh lucas is just asking where did you hear second or mate it's plastered all over social media mate um i've just got a couple screenshots that says Sunday the 2nd of May I don't know whether that's is that incorrect information as far as I know it shouldn't be incorrect um, um, but uh, yeah I'm sure it will be confirmed today in the in the next few hours anyway so as I was saying um, yeah this th- there was i I'd say there's a number of reasons why it was as successful as it was and we got the reaction that we wanted maybe a bigger reaction um than we wanted because like i said you know fans this was the first time fans were able to get around each other be together be unified and all for yeah. a uh, all for the right reasons as well um the super league was the catalyst and now we move forward to try and take advantage of this momentum um there was one fan that was hurt yeah he got got on the box office roof and and fell face first oh my Um, god so
1: i I, I did see a video because it was covered on the football terrace yeah Uh, and i did see uh he was stretched away and um but
0: yeah I'm, i'm hearing that he's okay you know he is it's not life um threatening or anything like that but um yeah, you know, shout out to all the fans that were there. And there were a number of different fans and there were, you know, fans that were there to be with their mates. There were fans that were there who were your your rowdy type, the type that, you know, you see turn up for these kind of things. And there weren't your average fans who attend games, I'd say, because I think me and you are in a reasonable well positioned having gone to games to know what type of audience we get at the Emirates. So it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't your, your, let's say, you know, I don't want to stereotype and label, but, um, your average middle-class, you know, person who, and I think it's safe to say that the majority of fans that attend Arsenal games are of that ilk where it's very hush-hush. Um, they want to sit down, enjoy the game, rather than you know be on their feet chanting throughout the whole game um aside from the north bank i don't see it happening you know in many other areas of the of the stadium um but yeah it was good to see that the rowdy faction of the arsenal fan base were there um and it helped because it made the protest bigger than what we would have expected what we expected definitely what i expected um and I'm not the type to, you know, be in the center of these kind of things and um, go crazy. I was uh, I was moving from one place to another, um, ended up at the top of the stairs and I got managed to get a really good view of it all. Um, but yeah, it was nice. It, it was very, very, it was heartwarming. And it was, like I said, it, this is only the first step. There, yeah. is, there will need to be several more of these in order to get any type of change in order to get any type of reaction um and i waking up this morning i feel a little bit um i'm I'm, i feel a little bit on edge like yeah i can understand just i just i don't know like i'm glad it happened but i think this is this is the most important time right now the aftermath of it all to see what how the club reacts how josh and stan reacts will we get a reaction that's not because we don't get a reaction then i feel like that's almost yeah. it's almost the most frustrating thing isn't it
1: you when, put all that effort you've the yeah. yeah yeah you put all that effort in for nothing and you expect you would expect to at least get some sort of reaction uh obviously um v and uh, were there and yesterday at the game so they would have known. The thing, is, the thing I found fun, well, not funny, but the thing I felt they they prepared for this. They prepared for the protest because um, they were already in the stadium when uh, yeah. people started turning up. So they, I, I thought, so I, I was expecting. You know how Chelsea did it, where they would block the bus, but you obviously couldn't because they were already in the stadium. They were already prepared. Yeah. I see, a, I see a video going around social media. I don't know if you were there at that time. Uh, Hector Bellerin was waving to fans out the window. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't,
0: I don't know whether that was actually Hector Bellerin. I think they were like, um, it was later confirmed that that guy wasn't Hector Bellerin. No, <laughs> it was just, it was just some know. guy that was working at for Arsenal. But it, it very well might have been. Who knows? Um, I mean, there was a few famous faces. I did manage to see Hugh Izzy there. I don't know if you're familiar. Yeah,
1: yeah. Hugh, who, who, is uh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I managed to see Hugh Wizzy there. I managed to see a, a lot of Arsenal fans. Um, tv members there as well um but like he said the the biggest victory for me was seeing sky sports talk sport and all of the other media outlets i was i was i was a little bit uh, not optimistic sorry i was a little bit skeptical um about whether i was going to see media and cameras and all that kind of stuff because i don't know how much airtime they would have wanted to give a movement like this um and i was really happy that they did because aside from it being you know a little bit related to um the Super League ultimately this was the this was specifically for Kroenke this was Mm. to get him out it wasn't to do with our outrage of what he had done it was our outrage of what he had done throughout the last 10-15 years or you know since 2006 where he was um, involved in the club so um yeah regardless of what happens now I think It's good to see that the word is out and Mm. it's good to see that the global fan knows what this is all about. Um,
1: It attracted attracted interest from someone who, yeah, it might might be a joke, I don't know, but it attracted um, uh, someone declaring their interest in Arsenal uh, with the Spotify owner and and everything else. So maybe (laughs) that's interesting. That is really, really interesting. I've never actually seen. It apart really from really
0: interesting. Yeah, I, I've because...
1: apart from uh, Dan Gote, I've never seen anyone talk about owning the club other than him. So mm, yeah. to have someone put it out on Twitter saying, "Oh, I'd love to own the club," then you know who knows. But and, I, th- really... and I,
0: I think there will be a number of people that come forward. You know, the more protests that happen, the more eyes will be put on us, and the more pressure Kroenke will have to um, ultimately. You know, sell the club, or or at least to have that conversation. But um, that that's the real question, really, and that's where all the hard work begins. It's not now. It's not trying to get the crunkies out. It's what happens when they eventually leave. What kind of owner do you get in? What kind of model do you follow? Do we follow the the German kind of model where fifty one percent of fans um, own the club? And um, like I said, you know is is our uh, will our new owners be more transparent with with the fans because i don't know whether you managed to listen to um the fans forum
1: Uh, uh, a little bit
0: the audio yes because they released the audio um i think it was one of the journalists who put it on his youtube channel and whilst i was on my way to the emirates i managed to listen to all of it and it was really interesting to put a voice to all of those quotes um and you know i could uh, uh, having listened to that um, 45 minutes of trash nonsense. I think I can safely say that Josh Kroenke really doesn't care for the Arsenal fans and for Arsenal as a, as a football club. It, I just got the impression, the blunt answers, the short, witty remarks as well, mm. um, didn't seem apologetic, didn't seem very sympathetic, didn't seem en- empathetic either. So um, it, it really is a question of when? When will we finally get rid of these owners um and who's going to come in next. And um yeah, I, I think waking up this morning, I, I've got a bit of bitter taste in my mouth because of the result that we got yesterday yeah. and, um, and, and just the whole state of this club, it just doesn't really sit well with me. It doesn't sit no. right with me. I never imagined Arsenal to be in this type of situation before to sell their values down the toilet and then to um have a season that they're having right now. It's just it is a real mess from top yeah. to bottom, and yesterday's result epitomised all of that.
1: It did, it did, and I've I've said obviously uh, I've said to you and I've said to other people that I became a fan in 2014. So I became a fan when we what, what ended the ended the ended the cup drought, and from there it's kind of just snowballed into into what it is now. Yes, we've had a few trophies at uh, like a few sporadic FA Cups here and there, but nothing of note. And then in the background, you always hear oh Stan Kroenke and. You know? And this is just uh, as, as you said. I've I've remained quiet over the last few uh, months about about it, but now I I just can't seem to, you know, uh, support him. Mm. You know, because it's it's just the the <laughs> the best comment from that fans forum was the um, and not in a good way either was the uh, sarcastic Friday night in Stoke. I cannot get that on my head. I yeah. cannot get that. That uh, arrogant and, you know, the fact that he may have been told to say that because I guarantee you he wouldn't know where Stoke. Uh, well, I can't guarantee, but I can well, imagine. The funny,
0: he... the funny thing is, he said we didn't get to actually hear the full quote because, um sorry. Yeah, we didn't we didn't get we didn't get the full quote because when they released it, it was kind of inventive vermatum is that the right word um some he, uh, he sum- it was it was it was a summarized comment and the actual full comment was he saw a chelsea banner that said we still want our um cold nights in stoke um which almost makes it worse because it almost it, it just shows that you know he doesn't really understand the he doesn't understand the english fans he doesn't understand why we watch football and what what we get out of cold nights in stoke it's not yeah, I don't know. Not. I just it's 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 not it's not the it's not the cold nights in Stoke that we look forward to. It's
1: it's playing lesser teams and a bit, Well, it's playing the lesser teams and hoping that you know you get a result and you you can see your team perform. And you you travel all that way. Whether it be from you know people come up from work when they finish work, they just they just travel up to the football. You know, on the train, get a, get a few beers in, whatever you like to do. And um, you know, it's just that under the under the floodlights is uh, another mm, good mm. is another yeah. good thing but yeah it's just it's just really weird and i i really didn't take much notice of the result last night if i'm honest mm, mm. because everything was drowned out by that massive protest at the beginning mm. and that 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 alone shows how big the protest is. we've, we've got like uh, manchester united fans and chelsea fans saying and i don't know if there's any tottenham fans but i imagine so Saying, yeah. "Oh, that protest was really good. That's what you need to aspire to." So we've we've put, we've we've managed to get a lot of eyes on it yesterday, and yeah. um, hope it continues. And uh, I haven't been down down the Emirates today, but I can imagine that it's uh, a little bit of a. I, I know there was a few, uh, a lot of rubbish left around, but you know, mm. it's I'm not, you know, I'm not justifying that, but it's a protest, so yeah, people are going to leave stuff around. I know there was a picture yesterday posted by one of the journalists, and it was just the a Cronky Out" sticker that they were sticking on the yeah, uh, and it just it just summed it up really. It just summed it up. Everything else was gone. No one was there, and then it was just sitting in the road was a Cronky Out" sign, mm-hmm. and that that's what you know. That's what eventually what we want, and hopefully it can come sooner rather than later. Because as much yeah. as I would, as much as I would want them to turn it around, I just don't think it's going to happen. I would love them to go. You know what? we're going to start again and we're going to do what you want but that's never going to happen with these owners so I
0: yeah yeah and again that's that's something else i mean i did get a sense of um almost a bit of a bit of a desperate plea from from josh um in at the fans forum uh it's, he made some promises that he was going to be stationed here in london a lot more um that he was he, there was going to be a far more transparent relationship with the fans that he was going to mm. be a lot more involved but the back on my mind I'm thinking why is it happening now what, where but was it, this energy like said, 5 6 years yeah, ago
1: yeah but he said that before he said that he said that when he did the when he did the interview a couple of years ago and said be excited he said all that stuff mm. before and it's never ever happened but you know mm. what hats off to him if if he's if he's you know, if he makes those promises and manages to keep them, but I just can't see it. I just can't see yeah, it.
0: I can't see it either. And like I said, this is a this is far more than money. This is far more than just having owners who invest in the club. I think, to be honest, for me personally, investment in the club and giving us money to spend in the window is secondary it's like the last thing we should be looking at right now the problems at this club are far more deeper than just investing and bringing in players and having success on the pitch it needs to be fixed from the very top meaning we need players sorry not players we need people who are competent and who will take the initiative to do their job well um mm. Vinai has shown us that he isn't competent, that he is nothing more than a, a follower, a sheep following, you know, the, the 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 teams at the top. And he said it at the fans forum uh, the reason Arsenal were not at the forefront um of you know forming this super league, we we decided right at the last minute to join because we didn't want to miss out. What does know. that show you? What does that show you about a CEO? What does that show you about a club's values? And what does that show you about the club's status? We are looking at other clubs to see what they're doing, and because they are, because you know, they've 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 created their own club, they've created their own um, members-only club. Arsenal decided to join because they're afraid to miss out. Once upon a time, Arsenal were the club that were setting standards. You know when Arsene Wenger when Arsene Wenger came to England and he 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 revolutionized the game clubs around the around the country replicated what he was doing and now we see ourselves in this position and you know like I said I don't know how long it's going to take I don't even know whether Arsenal are capable of making a transformation I in the back of my mind and you know deep within my heart um, regretfully, I do think that Arsenal have made their bed, and I do think it's only a matter of time before this only, you know, becomes reality, and we we do become a mid-table team. Um, I think we I already know. are. I think we I, already
1: are a mid-table team.
0: I mean, how how, how realistic is it that we will ch- these these troubling times will reverse itself and we'll be back to where we were?
1: Look, eventually eventually we will be back. Eventually we will be back to where we were. But it has to it will take a lot, it will take a lot longer. Look, as as, as long as the conkies stay here, we're never gonna get go back to where we need to be fast. And I don't think we'll ever get back to where we need to be again. So it's 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 just damage limitation at this point. They either want to get out now or they wanna drag on the process to making us, you know. You know, I'm not I'm not used to talking about this. I, I I've stayed quiet for so many years about this situation. But um, so it's quite it's quite uh, odd for me to talk about this. But um, now is the time that we need to make make a change and uh, and and get this club back to where it needs to be. And because I want to yeah. see, I want to see Arsenal win a Premier League in my lifetime, and I want to see them win a Champions League and multiple trophies and challenging like you know the likes of Manchester City and Liverpool and. Big clubs, big club mentality. We we don't have that at the minute. We
0: don't have that anymore. No, we don't. And And you you said you mentioned that you want Arsenal to win a Premier League in your lifetime, and just that alone really tells us where we are as a club. We shouldn't be winning a single Premier League trophy in our lifetimes. It should be several. We should be winning. We should be constantly in the semi-finals and the finals of the Champions League. It's not that long ago where we were considered as, you know, one of the best in England, and you know, I, I think. When Chelsea came, when so when Abramovich came, that the dynamics of the Premier League changed, and then Sheikh Saw came, and it further dented that dynamic. But th- that's no excuse. Arsenal yeah. have had investment; they have had money to spend. They haven't spent it very well, and that's because we haven't had the people in the right places to make those changes work. Um, and 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 it really epitomizes the result of the game last. Night actually, and what was missing mm. from the pitch, and, and I guess we'll go into that a little bit more. We'll talk about that the game itself. Um, let's start off by talking about the team lineup. You know, it, it only took me I think four. An an hour and a half before kickoff to realize we had a game. I got there. Yeah. I was trying to park up, and there were road signs saying you can't um, match day match day parking suspension. I was thinking, hold on a minute, why is that sign there? We don't have a game today, do we? And then uh, half an hour later, I realized, shit, you know, we've got a game. Completely <laughs> forgot. I saw the Everton bus come by, and um, yeah. Um, but in terms of the the, the starting lineup, um, let's talk about that. What were your first reactions when it was released?
1: My first reaction was was you know it, it's kind of been the same in, in previous games the only thing that i've noticed um was again uh, i think Xhaka jacques playing left back so mm. he's he's persisting with that and he has some he has a a huge you know i would say credit because it, it didn't really work out last night I'm, I'm not sure but to be persisting with him at left back he must see something and he must see mm. something that's going to work eventually um, the other what was the other thing? I've got the team line up in front of me, so I'm having a look. Um, Eddie Inquietia, I think mm. a lot of people would would want would have wanted Martinelli, but even I couldn't see Martinelli starting this game because you know I think Arteta has a you know a feeling about uh, Nketiah that you know he wants to start him in more games and wants to keep Martinelli, uh, you know maybe fresh for next season if he if he even survives that long. It's mm. you know it's getting to the <laughs> it's getting to the point where that that's being questioned now, and mm. I can't really I, I I can't really I can't really disagree. I can't really I'm not I'm not Arteta out, but I can't really disagree with the fans that are, you know, do go that way, um, because it's getting a bit uh, it's getting a bit dire now in the in terms of the fo- football we've been playing, and that's mostly down to individual errors. Uh, as as the the goal yesterday was an individual error by our goalkeeper, mm. um, but yeah, it was just uh, uh, a bit weird. Rob Holding captain, of course. Uh, who else was there? Danny Sabayo started. The same midfielders normally always uh, previously. Um, good to see Pepe and Mill Smith throw in there. Odegaard got Odegaard did get on as well. But yeah. apart from that, no serious questions about the lineup.
0: Hmm. Um. Well, yeah. I mean, I was uh, I was very surprised when the team lineup came out because because um, it was it was something that I almost got it right, almost predicted very right. I was glad that he got Mari back in rather than uh, Gabriel because, like I said, a centre back partnership is crucial. You really want two centre-backs to be playing together who are comfortable with each other and who have created that solid foundation, that relationship that you need. So good to see them back together. And they fared pretty well during that game. Chambers, it was really good to see Chambers back as well. Someone who's been on top form, someone who's been performing really well uh, for the last few games. And, you know, it was a shame. It was a real shame that Arteta played Bellerin um, against Fulham because I felt like he should have continued with someone like Chambers, who you want really to take as much advantage of as possible, um, especially a player being on such great form. And then we had Granite Shaka at the left, um, and you know, James, how many times have I been talking about Granite Shaka at left back? You know, it it, it it doesn't really. I mean, it makes sense to play someone like Shaka left back. I understand it. I get the logic. But wouldn't you rather see, wouldn't you rather like to see someone like Shaka play in centre mid rather than left back? I don't understand why it's, why, why Arteta persisted with it. And I don't understand why this is option number one. Option number one should be to play Cedric left back. Because yeah, Cedric can play in the back yeah, He's a course. defender he's, uh, Number one First and foremost The role of a left back Is to make sure That you've got that space covered And whoever you're marking Whoever you're playing up against You are you are competent enough In defending well against them Shaka isn't yeah. a defender He's a midfielder yeah. He's a ball player He knows how to He knows how to pick up the ball And he knows how to play it forward But when he's up against Someone like Richarlison You know I, I can't make sense of it really Can you try yeah. and make
1: sense of it for me? Well, <laughs> should we get Arteta in and he can make sense of it? Yeah, no, I, you, you know, I I just think that he knows he knows deep down, he knows deep down that the that any European football through the league is absolutely dead and buried. Mm. Um, well, mathematically it's not, but it will be. I don't, I don't see us qualifying through the league uh, anymore. Uh, as optimistic as I have been. So maybe it's just a, a case if he wants to try some new stuff and experiment in the league now, because we've got our biggest game coming up in midweek, of course. But yeah, I just don't understand why you wouldn't play a recon- recon- recognised player in that position. Because yes, we have Cedric. He's not, he's not an out-and-out left back. But at least he is a defender who's competent of doing uh, a defensive role. And really, Jacker isn't. I'd rather see Jacker where he is most influential and mm. most um, where he can make things happen where he can be the driving force and be uh and compliment Thomas Partey in that in that midfield there with, with, and no disrespect to Danny Ceballos, but um cuz I think he had a, a pretty good game last night considering the circumstances um but I would like to see Granit Xhaka in his normal position whether that's going to happen or not um it's down to the manager and the manager obviously makes the final decisions on the team selection so we're just going to have to see. But I get I I agree with what, what you're saying. I think we do need that defensive presence um, in there rather than have a, a makeshift defender.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's it. You've hit the nail on the head there. Those words, makeshift defender. It's a massive risk. I mean, everyone knows it's a risk playing Granit Xhaka at left back. Arteta probably yeah. knows it's a risk. But surely you're, you, you should be able to be intelligent enough to weigh up um, that risk where when you're looking at your opponent and when you're looking at who he's going to be playing up against. When you know he's going to be playing up against someone like Richarlison, you should know straight away, right, I need someone like Cedric there who can defend um who can do a better defensive job than Shaka. Put Shaka in with party. I was hoping for that. I was hoping for Shaka to play alongside Party and that way we'd be able to unlock Everton's defense a lot easier. And if there's one thing that I've noticed and I've uh, and, and I can applaud Arteta on and, and the Arsenal uh, the players on is their ability to play such great attacking football in the last few weeks? We've really been seeing um, a nice, fluent presence mm. going forward. Um, get that managing, to get the ball. Yeah, yeah, progressive, yeah, getting the Fluid. ball from, <laughs> yeah. yeah, fluent, yeah, getting the ball from Partey really quickly to the feet of Smith Rose, Saka and Pepe. Um, so and and you know the other aside from Shaka and Ketia, everyone else for me I was I was I was happy to see you know Pepe playing on the left-hand side very happy to see Smith Rowe playing as a number 10 very happy to see Saka on the right something that you expect um but in Ketia up front for me loads of question marks I, in my heart of hearts, have known for a very long time that Nketiah isn't good enough to play for Arsenal, isn't good enough to play in the Premier League. Um, And I think, again, this is something that the fans <laughs> are responsible for. The the, the 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 stunt in development was created by the hype. Um, the hype that came with him scoring on his first touch, the hype that came with him scoring, following up with a few more goals, uh, and then overplaying him, overdoing it, not developing him in the right way. And now he's hit a brick wall. And I think confidence will have been hit. Um And... Also, he he, the momentum would have been stunted as well. Um, so I think his time at Arsenal is done. He needs to move on now somewhere where he can restart again, press that restart button and um, hopefully try and develop. He's still young, he's still 21 years old. But we don't need someone like that. We don't need someone who's just gonna run around for the sake of running around and not really have that striker's instinct. I don't think he's quite developed that. Um so yeah, in terms of starting eleven, you know, fairly happy. It was strong enough, I think. To Absolutely. get something from Everton, but at the same time, Everton did have a very strong lineup too. Um, did, I yeah. didn't expect calvert Lewin to play; he came back, so you know, fair play to him. Sigurdsson was playing. Rodriguez, Rich- Richarlison, Alan, Andre Gomez at the back. They had Godfrey, Holgate, Coleman, and Digne. So and Pickford as well in goal, who was fantastic. So it was a very decent starting eleven and it was very similar. Um I guess if you want to compare man to man, man versus man, sorry. Um th- two teams who are quite equal in quality in you know the way that uh they play football games. Um again both teams quite top heavy um yeah. the only the the only bit of the only problem that I see with Everton squad is is their two centre backs. I don't think Godfrey, God Godfrey and Holgate are good enough, um, and and I guess it. You know, we saw it. We saw the the mistakes back at the back four. Um, at times they looked a bit nervous. But yeah, let's talk about the game itself. Um, first yeah. half. Do you remember much of the first half? <laughs> oh
1: God, um, you know what? No, not because so much. No, not really because so much of it. I've. I'm like you. I forgot we had a game on. Like I, I was watching the live stream for like an hour, and then I suddenly saw team news come out, and I was like, "What?" I said. There was a bit of me that went, "Why did this come out?" And then I was like, uh, "Well, I might as well. I might as well put the team news out." And then from there, the game started, and it was kind of. It was. I was more focused on what was going out uh, on outside the stadium because it was still going on. The protest was still going on when the game was being played, so I was more focused on what was going on outside the stadium rather than inside the stadium. And, and that's, that shouldn't be happening. That shouldn't be happening right now as a, as a football club when you've got a premier league game on, but well, it's being forced to happen because, you know, it's, it goes, it goes back all the way back to the Cronkies and, and, and what they've done to this football club. So, you know, they've turned our focus from a game to a protest. And you, you if you're an Arsenal fan, you want to be focusing on the games and, and the way we're playing football but we're automatically being drawn into other things that you know take our attention right now so i can't really remember that much i remember a few a few uh, a few moments where we were we were good on the ball we were getting the ball around uh try, well i think we dominated the game i think we dominated mm. the game yesterday um we we were we were on top of it for most of the game uh had some decent chances in there um i can't really remember uh, watch uh, like who scored the who who had the chances, but I remember we had a few from Saka again, lively, Smith-Rowe lively again. Uh, I think Pepe was okay, but yeah, it was just a blur really because I was sort of one eye on the protest, one eye on the game. You heard I, I had it specifically. I normally watch um, the game on Sky Sports main event, but I had it on Sky Sports Premier League this time because I wanted to hear what was going on outside the stadium, and you could hear hmm. it. You, uh, when you mm. started the game, when they started the game, there was fireworks going off and, you know, it kind of, uh, diverted my attention a bit, but, um, no, not really. I can't see it. It's, it's a weird one because normally I'd be right off for a game, but this, the protest took my full attention today and that's what it's supposed to do. Mm. So that's, that, that just proves it was a great protest because it, it really took my full attention and, um, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I echo those words. I mean, it, it did feel like rep- the, the game felt like a representation of what was what had been going on for the last week. Just really unfocused, very slow, sluggish, very, um, you know, I don't know, it just lacked passion, lacked desire, lacked I, I just didn't get the impression that they wanted to be there and they wanted to play. And this isn't just for the Arsenal players. This is for Everton as well. They didn't turn up. Um, I don't think anything... I think this was a game where... it's And whatever the result um, might be, been, you know, just move, move on, move on to the next game. And the next game is the most crucial. But um, I, I definitely got from the first half a sense of two teams who were displaying some good footballing abilities. I mean, there's no question in my mind, having watched the Everton game, that Arsenal can't play football. They can. They play the game really well. They pass the ball around with confidence and they're able to get into different zones of the pitch um, whenever they want. And that's credit to Arteta for coaching them the way he has and developing that side of the game. Because until, before Arteta came, I was very worried with the way that Arsenal approached games and, the lack of confidence they had on the ball you know never mind off the ball um and but yesterday both on and off the ball, they were disciplined. They played pretty well football, like as like you said. Uh, Emil Smith Rowe and Saka were really bright. I was really impressed with Partey as well and Sabios, especially Sabios. Actually, I think he goes yeah. under the radar a lot. But some of the balls that he was putting in, again, some beautiful Chambers crosses as
1: well with the crosses. Oh.
0: Yeah, yeah, Chambers as well on the right hand side. Really good crosses, and and that really frustrated me because there was service. There was there was plenty of it. There was plenty of service getting into the box, but. In Ketia not being able to get in the right places at the right time. And there's you know periods in the in the game where he was playing far left um for some reason when we needed him in the middle. Russ uh, has made a comment and said, and said Partey had a shocker last night. Um I, I tend to disagree with you, Russ, because I think I think I understand why you're saying Partey a had a shocker. He picked up a yellow card, he gave away a few cheap fouls. Um one of the free kicks I he gave already. away. One of the free kicks he gave away, um, Sigurdsson clipped the bar. Uh, um, But I think overall, what Part A did is something we've been missing for a very long time. And that is initiative. That is a central midfield who really is an out-and-out box-to-box player who presses high up and who defends pretty well as well. Um granted, you know, the long shots that he was having were a little bit irritating. There was a couple of times and he needs to stop this actually. He needs to stop having 30-yard screamers. I think I think in the back of his head he's thinking one of these 30-yard screamers will pay yeah. off. Um but and then he'll
1: go, and then he'll go I told you so. It was worth I the told wait you so. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. So, you know, uh, th- this is something that he needs to work on. There there's there's some there, there are there are parts of um there are aspects in every footballer that needs to be improved, especially in this Arsenal squad. But having said that, I'm I'm far happier watching the way that we're playing football last night than I have been um, under under Unai Emery. I don't think us fans quite appreciate how much things have changed on the pitch, um, because you know, thinking back a season and a half ago, where we weren't able to string two passes together you only need to look back actually before december maybe 6 months 6 months ago where we were struggling really hard to play out from the back Um, making constant mistakes, not being able to pass it efficiently, not being able to make the right decisions. Um, But like I said yesterday, I didn't see any of that. I didn't see any real concerns in that first half. The only concern for me was not being able to pull the trigger, not being deadly enough um, in the final. (laughs) Not being clinical enough. Yeah. And and, and I guess uh, on the flip side, you've got someone like Everton who weren't playing good football, who weren't able to Um, ask many questions but when they did get the odd opportunity and you know in the first half Richarlison was through on goal forced a good save from Leno Um, Sigurdsson hit the post I can't remember anybody else um, having an opportunity but you know definitely in in the first half Everton had the the lion's share of the better opportunities Uh, Arsenal on the other hand were fading in and out of the game Um, like I said very reminiscent of you know what was going on outside and potentially what what they what they had at the back of their head so yeah overall first half very flat two teams playing some good football but not really making anything of it um us fans easily get frustrated when all we do is pass pass around but um again i don't think we quite appreciate how difficult that is sometimes for arsenal to keep the ball and to pass it around where we've been terrible at doing the simplest of things like passing the ball around without making a mistake yeah um
1: but also. Then if you, you want to add
0: anything else to that first off.
1: Y- yeah, you, you you as you said, if we were pretty flat, but you would you would think that the club would know or the players would know um what is going on outside. Yeah. And try it. That this could work two ways. They're either down because they know what they know what's going on, or they can try and you know, they can try and put on a show and try and bring some of that energy in the stadium. Cause I saw one one comment that Uh said, Oh, it's great, it's great that we have this uh, great that we have this this energy outside the stadium. But can we bring some of it inside the stadium? Obviously, not Mm. not as in fans, but as in just the overall feeling and and maybe transfer some of that onto the players. But yeah, it was very flat, very, very, you know, uh side to side in some ways, passing back, passing to side to side, and not being clinical enough. I say that I say the words so many times, I feel like I'm a broken record. But it's just not. We've had we have chances to kill games, and we just never ever take them. And you know, yeah. it's something we definitely need to work on.
0: Yeah, and it's not like there wasn't any service. Like it was. It's not like there wasn't. There weren't opportunities where we were able to get the ball in the final third. There were amples of opportunities with with with, with Pepe and Saka and Emil Smith Rowe um, doing really good stuff up there. But you know, like I said, if you don't have a competent striker up front, if you don't have a finisher, if you don't have someone who knows who's where to be at the right time, right place at the right time. That's what happens. And again, this really does relate back to the to the Cronkies and the damage that they've done because th- the damage that they have done was clear on show last night on the football pitch um, yeah. without a striker, without investing in a competent striker, which we should have done so long ago, but we haven't been able to do that because they didn't put the right people in charge. It went from Sven Mislintat to Raul Senyehi to now Edu and Arteta Um, Richard Garlick's coming in as well. So look, chopping and changing season in, season out has shown, proven once again that we suffer on the football pitch um, because not having Lacazette and Aubameyang has shown us that um, we are so far away from building a squad with depth. That you know, unless something drastic is done in the summer, we're going to be lurking around the middle of the table, Mm -hmm. Um, and and to, to to even rely and depend on Lacazette, someone who hasn't been the best finisher in the last few seasons and could be on his way out, and another guy, Aubameyang, who's on his you know last legs. This is someone who is approaching the age of retirement, and and aside from those two, Arsenal don't have anyone else to play up front. So what does that say about the club? You know, what does that say about the priorities? Um, You've got six or seven central midfielders who you don't need. You know, you bring in Odegaard, fair enough. You need someone there to to um, to be able to replace Emil Smith Rowe every now and again. You're forgetting that Emil Smith Rowe and Saka um, um, only came into the squad by you could say by chance and by luck. If they hadn't been promoted from the from the 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 word i'm looking for is under 23s the, academy, the academy sorry yeah. yeah yeah um then then we would be in serious trouble i mean the the depth in this squad is non-existent who do you have as a replacement for right back if callum chambers hadn't been slipped in there and by the way Callum Chambers is a natural center back you've got cedric to replace bellerin on the right our center hmm. backs Fair enough, you've got plenty of centre-backs. Well, not not really plenty of centre-backs. You've got David Luiz and you've got Pablo Mari as replacements to Gabriel and Holding. Um, Or if you want Luiz and Gabriel playing, then you've only got Holding and Mari. And then you've got, um, on our left back, you've got no one to replace Tierney. Centre midfielders, aside from Shaka and Partey, you've got uh, Sabayos, who's on loan from Real Madrid. And... Mm -hmm other than that you've got um Elneny. Uh, Joe Willocks out on loan. Um uh, Tierney's out on sorry, Torreira's out on loan and is out on loan and all three of those players are potentially, you know, assets that the club are looking to sell in the summer. Um as a number 10, other side uh, other than Emil Smith Rowe, you haven't got anyone because we've bought Od- Odegaard on on loan and you know if you think if you think back to the start of the season you didn't even have a mill smith throw who did you have as a number 10 nobody you'd play um ozil and ozil was mm-hmm. someone who was barely making the subs the bench let alone the start in 11 and then you know i think the only positions we've got covered decent adequate cover is our wingers yeah. um with pepe obamiang to some extent martinelli saka and willian but even those players i don't think are you know are players that you want to rely on like, i don't want to rely on willian to come on yeah. and to make a, a difference do you know what i mean so yeah, I completely... the, the problems are so deep you know i don't know whether one transfer window is enough, enough to fix yeah. it
1: no i i completely i completely agree and again it stems back to the owners what am i about to say You'd think you'd think that they would recognize if they were football people. And I, I get, I get. We have an operations team. We have Edu. We have Arteta as well, who who is very, very, who knows the football side. But you'd think an owner would go, yeah, uh, we need some cover here. We need, we need to get some players in because you know we need to get some players in here, and we need to, you know, basically te- like basically tell Arteta that it's not enough, and we need to get more players, and we need, to, we need to finance that. But do they really care? Do they Do they really care that we lost yesterday? That's the Probably question. Not. Yeah. Probably not. You know, I, I, I had a look, actually. When the protest was going on, I had a look at um, the time zone in, uh, I think it was Denver where Stan Corky lives, Denver, Colorado, where his ranch is. So I had a look at what time it would be. He would definitely know that there was a, there was a protest going on last night. Mm. But does he care? No. Mm. Well, he, he might go, oh, what are these Arsenal fans doing? i could i could genuinely just see him sitting in his chair going huh, what are these arsenal fans doing then uh, it, it's just i hope that's not the case and i hope he actually feels a bit of remorse but i doubt it i really 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 i you know i doubt it um but yeah the, the depth is something that we need to address i mean as you said Callum chambers at right back if if we uh um if we if he gets injured who are we going to put there you know, it's all makeshift, 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 and that's mm. not that. That's not just generally down to Arteta. That's not Arteta's fault. I don't think. That is lack of investment from the owners. From you know, and you can't say Arteta hasn't because he would want. To, he is a club captain. He's a club. Well, I use this loosely. He, mm. he he's a club. Le- well. I don't want to say legend, but he's been a club captain. He's he he knows what it's like to play for Arsenal Football Club. He'll know that we need he will know hands down that we need we need players and he he would ask Stan Kroenke for those players and mm. it's up to Stan Kroenke again to provide the cash and he's if he's not doing it if he's not doing that um Arteta just has is forced to work with what he has so until we see adequate change at the top we're not going to see adequate adequate change on the pitch unless mm. unless uh, unless Josh Conkey is true to his word and says oh we're gonna we're gonna invest but to be honest with you I hear that every single summer. I heard it uh, a few summers ago when he said oh be excited yes I was excited for about five minutes until I, until I saw the lack of depth we actually had. yeah we signed Pepe and we signed we signed teeny and we, but we signed no one else you know if you if you want to build a squad if you want to build a great squad you only have to look at uh, what City have done. I know City are City are owned by competent owners, and, and they they know what they want from they want that they know what they want to do, which is fair enough. But you see City's bench, that alone shows you that you need it can be done, and that you need players. Um, but yeah, it's just it's difficult. It's mm. it's, really, it's difficult to watch as an as an Arsenal fan right now, constantly losing, constantly having people laugh at you on social media going. Oh Arsenal! This Arsenal are in mid-table mediocrity. Records are being set, and not records that we're proud of either. I think that was Everton's first. I think that was Everton's first win in twenty-five years. Our worst yeah, start. Yeah. Our worst start to a season since God knows how long. Uh, so many losses in a season. It's just. It's just really terrible. Terrible reading and terrible, terrible. You know, it's a terrible time to be an Arsenal fan. I don't want to. I don't want to overplay that, but it is. The mm. only thing that the only thing that we can hope for is, is winning the Europa League and, and hopefully getting back in the Champions League. But that also brings with it what are the sanctions? What are the sanctions going to be for this Super League?
0: Because
1: mm. there are going to be sanctions. So we might we might end up not even having European football by even winning the Europa League because you don't know what the sanctions will be. Because I, I guarantee you, there there may be there will be sanctions and there will be. Uh, but you know what? It's their fault, and they made the bed; they have to lie in it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I can't. I can't yeah, say any yeah. more than that. Yeah, no, you're right. And again, that's something that I haven't really, didn't really think about. If Arsenal don't start picking up points, who knows what the Premier League might do um, to clubs? To to you know, what kind of sanctions they'll put on the clubs? Um, I, I, I mean, I th- I know they're they they'd be discussing ways to sanction clubs without affecting the fans because at the end of the day it's not fans and it's not the actual team or the manager who are at fault here it's the owners um but you know going back to the game um you made the point that it's (laughs) you made the point that it's frustrating watching arsenal with you know witnessing an arsenal squad that has so little in depth but in the second half it didn't look as if this was a squad that was suffering from depth or from talent. They absolutely dominated that second half. And you you almost forget that they were playing against a really good Everton side. Maybe not a really good Everton side on, for, on top form, in good form, but certainly an Everton side who had all the talent in the world to... Beat a, a side like Arsenal, so um, I was really impressed with the second half performance. I have to say. Um, let's talk about the the penalty issue uh, when Danny went down. For you, was that a penalty?
1: No, mm. I have to be. Honest, I have to be honest. I don't think it was. I did
0: think... you? What did you think about the way Danny went down?
1: Again, it's that? Oh, I don't because I'm an Arsenal fan. Obviously, I want I want us to have these chances and, and you know get these chances, even though they're not. Even though they're not, you know, stamped down penalties, yeah. but that was just ridiculous. He he didn't retouch him, mm. and I said, my dad, my I referenced my dad because he m- watches most of the games with me. But he said, oh, it's a penalty because he's, he's gone down in the box, and mm. I'm like, even if you go down in the box and you you get the slightest of touches, I don't still consider that a penalty. I think that's a I think that's a you know that's a soft penalty to be given. And if um if it wasn't for the offside, which is just shambles in itself. Uh, that yeah. offside rule, but we'll get onto that. But it would have been a penalty, and for me, I would have loved to have scored it because you know we need we need some of that luck to go to go our way. But it's just there always seems to be something else, mm. something mm. else just just waiting in the wings to just go. Nah, not today. Nah, yeah, not today. So it, it, it's always. I was happy with the. I was happy that we may have got a penalty, but then it was like, nah, you know what, we're gonna pull that back because you know. Mm. It's, it's just Arsenal, isn't it? And uh, it's Arsenal to a T. We get mm. something going and then they go, nope, <laughs> not today. And then it, it gets ruled out for offside. And a very, very, <laughs> I don't even know, a very, very, <sighs> you know, dubious offside. But you know mm. what? I can't say dubious because it is offside. In the letter of the law, as it stands now, in the rule book, it is offside.
0: Bollocks is offside. Bollocks is offside. I mean, you look back to last week against Fulham, the guy's hand was clearly offside. Yeah, but they didn't give it to him. They they didn't give that as offside. They kept it as onside. And what was it? Was it Pepe's el- elbow?
1: elbow it, was like, no, it was
0: like it was like half uh, a millimeter.
1: I understand. Was, I, I don't think yeah. it was offside. Well, but you know, people talk about that letter of the law as it stands now, and the rule needs to be yeah. changed. So mm. change the rule then. Mm. Don't keep, don't, you know, I'm sure you're able to change the rule mid-season because this is stupid, not just for Arsenal, for, for the whole entire game. For the whole entire mm. game of football, the rules are a shambles. And, you mm. know, Arteta, Arteta, that is the most angry, That that is the, probably the most angriest I've seen him in a press conference for a while. Yeah. He he came out on the offside decision and said, nah, not today. He said, I've had enough. I've had enough mm. of these of these decisions of these, you know, referees who are incompetent, who don't know what they're doing. And it's just so sad to see. And, and, you know, know, I just don't know. I just, I'm at a loss to, to, to even think about why these decisions are coming to such fine margins and why they, you know, the referees must be having an absolute field day in the, in Stockley Park. And going, yeah. oh, yeah, it, it, we're gonna, we're gonna, you know, just put it under a microscope, and you know, mm, I bet, yeah. but I bet they, I bet they laugh. I bet they, I bet they see the, see what's going on social media and laugh about it, mm. and go, oh well, you know, it's it's not our decision. It's the rule book. Mm. But what what we need is a referee. To I know we've said it. I know we've said it so many times. But what we need is a referee to come out. So say like your Mike Deans and your you know. John Moss is to say yeah. yeah this this rule we we really don't like giving it but this rule is stupid yeah and when yeah. if a if a referee was to come out and say it then you've basically, you've basically you basically have to do something because you know that is a, a referee's job is to referee the game the best they can and and this is not me sticking up for referees because I think the referees we have in the premier league are shambolic mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but I feel for them in in the sense that it is the rules and they have to stick by a rule book. Otherwise, they potentially face the rules uh, the uh, aspect of losing their jobs. But some of the rules is just absolutely ridiculous. I'm, I you know, I, I would love to go back in time to where we didn't have VAR mm. and just had football, and just had football. I was watching a championship game the other day, and it yeah. was just seamless. They just scored and got on with it. There was no yeah, check. Yeah. There, was, there was no nothing. Uh, it was just it was just nice to just see a normal game of football without any sort of rules and 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 circumstances and you know everything in place, but it's, it's just ridiculous.
0: yeah, my second those words, it is ridiculous. and um I think I'm at a point now where I don't even get upset about it anymore. no, it's what, no, no. It, it's, it's made me so like desensitized <sighs> for me. And, you know, it's it's quite strange to see Arteta react the way that he did, because y- you totally understand it. I mean, I totally get oh, yeah, it. Absolutely. But the moment that it was ruled offside, I had a like a five second meltdown where I was like, what on earth is going on? Yeah. Um, Same but, with me. But-, but then after that, it was just like, oh, you know, just going to have to get on with the game.
1: Yeah same, um, old, same old, <laughs> say, yeah, same old same
0: old, didn't it? Say yeah, same old, same on. And as for the Danny penalty, um, you know, I applaud Danny subbios for going down because ever since that that David Luiz red card, that that was it for me. That was it. I, I I don't care about playing the game fair and square. I don't, I don't, I don't care for um being, you know, the 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 honourable team who does things right. You know, we need to look out for ourselves now because that penalty. If there's anything that that penalty showed, it was the fact that no one is the whole the whole world is out there against us and that's what it seems like that at times yeah um, when you give an offside like that i'm sorry yeah go on mate
1: can i just read some of the transcript from yesterday's press conference because i have some yeah. other questions here? so on arteta being unhappy at var decision on the penalty this is what he had to say well this is because it's been building up enough is enough and today to be fair i had enough We've had so many of them and no one explains, no one expect to so basically he's saying no one explains it. No one comes out and goes, no one, no one referee or no one person high up comes out and explains, you know, why they did what they did. And then they say, when they do explain it, they just say, Oh, sorry, it's a mistake. But unfortunately it's affecting a lot of people and it's affecting our job. And most importantly, our football club. And then he says, whether on whether, he wants someone to apologize tonight this is the bit that i you know i don't really understand but on whether he wants someone to apologize tonight yeah but what they do is behind the telephone so whether mm. whether he wants someone to come out and go just like meet with him and go you know what i made a mistake or whether he he's referring to the referees when they call him up and go yeah sorry about that oh, and God. then he said he also said something about yeah that that was the last thing he said about yeah, uh, and then if you if you scroll down, he says on on if he would stop using VAR in the Premier League. He said, "I really like the technology. If we could just use I love this word, I love these two words: consistency and clarity. That is what we need: consistency and clarity. Because you know, I'd l- I love VAR because it does work." Yeah. But the these fine fine margins and fine fine mistakes. We need consistency in the decisions, and we need clarity on what on what has been happening. The only clarity I've seen happen. The only clarity I've seen happen is when they put the you know the screen with the you know no goal, and you know yeah You can actually, yeah. you can actually see who you can actually they they added. I think they added um, they added the the goal the person that did the foul, and then what it was. And what it was, uh, what the most, like what the decision was, and why it was so. Like, it would say, uh, for instance, Jacques Handball. that is the only clarity I've seen, no other clarity, no other you know, no other clarity from any Premier League official or anything like that. Mm. Uh, it's just, it's just sad. It's just sad to see my you know, it's not just us, it's 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 but it's pe- Premier League teams have had decisions going against them, but obviously. The main one I want to talk about is Arsenal but yeah it's just really really upsetting to see.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely. Um let's talk about the the goal that we conceded because I don't think there's Please much don't Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's much else we can talk about in that second half. I mean, there were plenty of opportunities that Arsenal created. You know, Pai having a few long pots. Um, There was a really good shot from Sabayos that forced a save from uh, Jordan Pickford. Pickford, by the way, who was putting a really good performance in goal. Um, But up until the 75th minute, I was fairly happy with what was going on. I think um, Eddie coming off at uh, the 72nd minute was a little bit late for me should have been taken off earlier but I was nonetheless I was happy to see Odegaard and um Martinelli come on and you know then we, as soon as they come on I think we, it's only 5 minutes we have to wait before uh, we concede the goal what on earth happened
1: <laughs> I don't know um oh, what on earth I had to you know I I, I sat there and I my jaw just opened in utter disbelief i really don't understand and this, i'm starting to question leno's role in the team now i'm really starting to i, I never yeah. thought i would uh, because th- these mistakes are getting more and more often and it's just absolutely ridiculous why i just even now i'm i'm just thinking back to the in thinking back to the goal and having nightmares Um. Because it's just you'd expect someone of of Bernaleno's, uh quality and play. He's played in big matches. He saved us on many occasions. Don't get me wrong. Mm. He's been he's mm. been absolutely class. But this season alone, he is just. It's like you flipped a switch. It's like you've gone. Well, we're gonna we're gonna take everything you we're gonna take everything you were good for last season and just throw it in the bin. Hmm. Because that he's, he's just been making more and more mistakes, and yes, we've we've seen Ryan and we've seen other goal we've seen uh, Ryan play, but that not enough in my opinion. And mm-hmm. I think he should start next game. I think Burtono no, shouldn't be anywhere near uh, Thursday's lineup, but because it's just too often. And and if and yeah. and God forbid, God forbid, we got to a final, we got to a final of the Europa League, mm-hmm. and he made a mistake. Boy, oh, God. He's he, he he would he would he would have to go. If he mm. if it, if we had like a you know when um Liverpool had that carrier situation in the Champions League final if we had something like that in the Europa League final with Leno mm. you know he he's not there's no way you can push a, push away that mm. um I just think he needs to I don't know I don't know what he could do really just better his game I don't know whether it's the I don't know whether it's the goalkeeping coach or or whoever but he's just tur- he's just turned into an absolute nightmare at times
0: Mm. Well, you know, I, I I tweeted it almost instantly. Um, well, no, I didn't tweet it almost instantly. I tweeted that I tweeted it at the end of the game. Is it now time that we have the burnt Leno discussion? Because how many more mistakes can one goal can one goalkeeper make? I have given him the benefit of the doubt because of the f- last few seasons that he's carried us through. He started off his career brilliantly at Arsenal. It looked like you know up until the injury, it looked like we had found ourselves a real goalkeeper, someone mm-hmm. who was talented. He's someone who was really good at saving uh, shots from long, from short, from someone who, um, who had great instinctive abilities as a goalkeeper. But what's proven is that he can't handle pressure. I think that's what it is with Bert Leno. He just doesn't know how to play under pressure and not, not, not the team uh, playing under pressure because he would have been used to this type of pressure that arsenal play under every week but as an individual player who would have been under pressure ever since coming back from injury uh especially with the martinez you know saga where uh fans are debating whether we should sell him or martinez or um you know what arteta would have fancied um now that he's he's won his Place back. I think he's almost a little bit complacent now, knowing that he will be number one. And he made those famous uh, those famous comments. um, I will be Arsenal's. I'm I'm Arsenal's number one today. I was Arsenal's number one yesterday, and I will be Arsenal's number one in the future. Um, And I think it's it's getting to his head a little bit. But you can't you can't. I mean, I I said this before. You can't be beaten at your near post. That's number one. And that's bad enough for me, but this is unforgivable. Yeah. You cannot be playing for Arsenal Football Club and concede a goal like that. And we saw what happened to Robert Green when in the World Cup. Was it the World Cup, Robert yeah, Green, yeah, where yeah. against the, the USA? Yeah. yeah, against yeah. the US. That's unforgivable. I'm that is career-ending. That yeah, that's yeah. career-ending. That's it. That's the end of you. If <laughs> if it's if it's in his best interest, you know, he would. Give himself a month. He would he would see the rest of the season off on the bench. Um, because yeah. I don't want to see someone with those mistakes in their game continuing to play in goal for Arsenal.
1: Yes, yeah, so I for for instance, I don't want to. I don't want to. If we get to the final and lose it, I don't want to go. Oh, it's Leno's fault. Yeah, that's what we don't want to do because you know I don't want to be too harsh because but that is unforgivable. That is completely, completely. Um, uh, I know we have Ronerson. And you know, <laughs> he's made mistakes, but he—he's he, our first team. He's a—he's our third team goalkeeper for a reason. Yeah. But Leno, who's been consistently—he was consistently good last season and made some great saves, but now it's just becoming unforgivable. How can you make those mistakes as a Premier League goalkeeper? we need to. We need. And for a club like Arsenal Football Club, it's just. Well, I say for a club like Arsenal Football Club really 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 hesitantly because are we we're not the club we used to be and it's it's really it's really um sad to see we're no we're nowhere near at the moment the club we used to be uh the only the only the only the only part of the club that seems to seems to be where it always used to be is the fans because they, they, they still have as much passion as as anyone um hmm. but i'm i'm thinking it's seriously time to have a look maybe in the summer i know uh Jan Luigi rumor might be available for free. I'm not sure if that still stands or, or mm. anything mm. like that. But we ne- mm. we certainly need to have a look at conti- uh, what's the word I'm looking for: contingency plans. So, like if yeah. Uh, yeah. Leno was to leave and go, who will we bring in? So it's interesting to see. It will be very interesting yeah. in the summer. And hopefully, hopefully, all these questions will be answered. And who knows? The ideal situation is in the summer we get a new owner in and we mm. <laughs> and we get. We get some, I'll use the word again, we get some clarity mm. on that situation as well. But who knows? Who knows? Mm.
0: Yeah, who knows? We get to see what's what's to happen for the rest of the season. We get to see if Arsenal drop any further than, than they are at the minute. I don't think we will be finishing any higher than ninth. I think it's a big ask. If Everton win their game in hand, we'll be nine points behind them with five games to play. So I think the season is done and dusted in the Premier League, but we've got a game coming up in uh, the Europa League against Villarreal on Thursday um that's going to be as we have said numerous times already this season the game of the season this will be the game of our season and if we lose this tie that's it that's european football done for the next season and um you know deservedly so we don't deserve to be in the europa league let alone the champions league with the <laughs> things that are going on right now um but i think i'm going to end it here i think we've spoken yeah. about the game as much as we have as much as we could have, I don't think there's much more to add about that game other than a very disappointing result. Um, following from following from the goal that we conceded, they didn't pick themselves up. They didn't create many other opportunities. Confidence was hit, but you know something we've seen time and time again. Um, yeah. uh, Villarreal's next. Arteta needs to do. I'm I'm praying and I'm hoping that Aubameyang returns back from malaria because God knows we need him um up front if we've got Nketiah again against Villarreal it's going to be a very very long evening and we're going to be playing away as well which means we need to be scoring goals to get to get those away goals um yeah. so yeah and I, I'll, I'll leave it there we can talk about Villarreal another day we can touch on football another day it just doesn't feel right to be talking about today and this week especially with everything that's happened I think I'm just ready for this whole season to be over and to be given a long nice break yes. <laughs> in the summer where we can just regroup and see what the club well. actually do. that's that's what we'll be, we're waiting for isn't it
1: absolutely well, we've got football in the summer as well so we've got the euros coming up as uh yep. so we're not going to be uh devoid of uh, any football so we've got the euros mm-hmm. to concentrate mm-hmm. on in in terms of uh national team uh yep. but yeah it'll be nice to have that break and hopefully fans will be back in the stadium mm-hmm. but would it be a good thing i say it, obviously it will be a good thing to have fans back in the stadium but it will just amplify the yeah. discontent around mm-hmm. the club because I can imagine, I can imagine that first game back is going to be absolutely,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, I can't put a word on it. Absolute chaos. Yeah, uh, chaos. Yeah, absolute chaos. Because,
0: I hope so. Anyway, I hope the fans that attend, because like I said, the fans that attend games and the fans that were there at the protest yesterday were two different types of fans, and I hope that fans who 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 attended to those um, protests yesterday are there at the games and are continuing to make the noise.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Cool. All right. We so we're gonna. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's what we need. So yes. what, it's what we need. We need this right now. We need this to continue. And like I said, uh, there will be another protest scheduled for um, the next few weeks. I think in May on the sixth. For I think uh, the majority um, of the tweets are coming out saying that it will be on the second, but some people are saying it's on the sixth. Um, it will become all very clear soon mm-hmm. when the next protest will be but what we do yep. know is there will be another protest and there will be another opportunity f- to, for fans to voice their opinion uh, i want to say thank you to everyone who has listened to this podcast if you enjoyed it please do give us a five star review on apple Podcasts. that'll be highly hugely appreciated uh, if you want <clears throat> if you want to reach out to us and let us know what you thought about this episode or add to what we've already said you can find me at um, on Twitter at Gunner Since 96. You can find James on Twitter at James Payne AFC. You can also find me on YouTube at Gunner Since 96, um, where I'll be releasing plenty more content about Arsenal, about the games that are coming up <clears throat> and all the stuff that's going on with the Cronky out and the, um, Super League as well. Um, but, We're going to end it here. Thank you very much for listening. Um, We'll be back for another post-match reaction podcast on Thursday. But until then, stay home, stay safe, and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.